Halloween. This is the Horrorphoria podcast, and this is Shocktober. Andy Gilly and John Richards are watching and reviewing Halloween-themed horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It is Friday, October 9th of 2020. Shocktober month for the Horrorphoria podcast. Uh, episode number 80. We're talking about 31 from 2016. Director Rob Zombie broadcasting from our Everyone in Hell Loves Popcorn Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. <laughs> and Andy Gilley. We've been up to John. You've been you've had a busy week this week. I've had a busy, busy. You know that I read a statistic one time that you know obviously money's a, a an issue or or a stress, but the most stressful thing is moving. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that one. So that's all I've been doing. Uh, I think I did twenty five flights of steps uh, back and forth. So my legs are like jello, and I wanted to go to the gym today, but I didn't because I felt like I got a good enough workout. You probably don't need to doing that. <laughs> I don't, not yeah. today. I doubt it. It was supposed to be leg day today too. Oh, and then you definitely don't need to go to the gym. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, tomorrow I'll go tomorrow for sure. But uh, anyways, uh, big plans this weekend? Um, no, not really. I, I've been. Uh, you know, it's Shocktober, so I've been uh, watching uh, more horror movies than uh, normal, actually. Yeah. And uh, I've been getting into the Phantasm series a little bit. Yes. So, uh, I watched, uh, I, I'm just finishing with the uh, with the last one from uh, 2016. It's Phantasm Ravager, it's called. Nice. Um is that five? That's that would be Phantasm Five, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I've always been a pretty big Phantasm fan. I didn't. I, I never really got beyond Phantasm Two, though. Uh, and you know, there there are some things to like about <laughs> about the rest of them, I guess. And uh, uh, Two is definitely my favorite, I guess. And I actually I actually think it's a situation where the uh, the sequel outshines the original. Uh, yeah. Personally, I, I that's what I feel. But uh, three, four, and uh, and Rap Ravager, I'm not sure. I mean, if definitely, if you're a big Phantasm fan, uh, you need to you need to watch these things. But uh, um, they they are definitely not as good as two. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about it someday. But. I hope so. I would I would actually I will actually look forward to uh, talking about Phantasm if we did like yeah, another month. I've, I've always loved the Phantasm series, and I just you know never got around to watching those uh, later sequels. So uh, that's that's what I'm doing as part of my Shocktober and. For you. Uh, I'm going to finish that up this weekend. And, make, uh, make Sarah suffer with you. <laughs> she, yeah, she doesn't watch the Phantasms with me, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I'm probably going to catch a few more horror movies this weekend as well. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, horror movie news. All right, uh, new Resident Evil film in the works. 47 Meters Down director Johannes Roberts is bringing Resident Evil back to its roots by taking the series back to Raccoon City and incorporating more of the survival horror story of the first two video games in the film. In an interview with Deadline, Roberts said, With this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. Original films, of course, made popular by director Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich, but they were pretty far removed from the game. I, I played the first two games uh, on PS1 and, uh, well, I think the second yeah. one might have been on PS2. Yeah, who, who's Alice? I mean, because you knew Leon Kennedy, you knew right. uh, Claire, Claire, Redfield, Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, yep. Jill Valentine, and like <laughs> yep. they've made appearances, but but it wasn't surrounding those characters. Right, exactly. And that's really what I got introduced to. And, and I liked the... Uh, I actually did like the Mila, the movies with Mila Jovovich in them. I, I thought they were... They were, they were fun. I always thought the Resident Evil films were pretty good, but I was always a little disappointed that they you know, weren't the characters that I was familiar with from the games because I really did enjoy the game a lot. It's uh, one of the first PS1 games that I really got into. I well, guess. I was in the military at the time, and so I was in like my early to 
Yeah, early 20s, probably mm-hmm. 23 when I first got the PlayStation 2, and Resident sure. Evil was my first experience, mm-hmm. and it had the best jump scare when the liquor thing jumps out at you. Okay. And I love that, man, yeah. and I got hooked on that game. So, yeah, and in the first Resident Evil, there's this scene where these dogs come into this, break into this hallway that yeah. you're walking through, and it's it was it's an, just an iconic scene in, uh, in video games. Nothing like that had ever happened to me in a video game before, you know? I mean, it, awesome. it was it was a great scare. So, mm-hmm. so I'll be real interested to see how they uh, treat that that story and those characters. I'm I'm uh, pretty excited about this actually. Um, you want some horror movie real estate news? Sure. Uh, according to iHorror, you can now buy Buffalo Bill's place from <laughs> uh, from Silence of the Lambs. Queen Anne style multi level house in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, is on the market for just under three hundred thousand. Wow. Sadly, there is no actual basement to keep your moth collection. No pit to lower lotion down to your captives, but uh, there is a cold the cellar on. area that was in the film. What's that? It, it puts the lotion on. It does. It does. <laughs> but. Uh, the house doesn't come with a pit like that. Sorry. Uh, there is a cold cellar, which I kind of remember from that, uh, from the movie. And I think that's uh, where part of the moth collection was. But uh, anyway, uh, Tremor Shrieker Island is about to be released on Blu-ray. Uh, synopsis in the movie goes as follows. When a nature preserve in the Solomon Islands is infiltrated by graboids, ass blasters, and shriekers, two of the preserve's <laughs> top scientists recruit Bert Grummer, of course played by Michael Gross, monster hunter extraordinaire to eradicate the infestation. While there, Bert picks up a potential new protege and encounters lost love. Uh, as a promotion for the movie, Michael Gross, in character as Bert Grummer, did a video presenting his case to make him the next president of the U.S. Blu-ray will be released on October 20th. I always thought of Tremors of being Sharknado before that was even a thing. It kind of, kind of is, yeah. You know, where uh, it just doesn't some take of the later it, one. Yeah, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. You know, right. something that ridiculous. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, that, uh, that's coming out on October twentieth. Might be, uh, hey, it's you know, it's October. Might be, might be something to watch. There you go. <laughs> Maybe if we can see it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's horror, really, really all going on. Yeah, that's really all that's going on in the horror world this week. Sweet. Uh, horror movie trivia. Rob Zombie showed a clip of his all-time favorite horror movie in one scene of the movie. What is it? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, in in thirty one, we're talking about correct. Um, I don't know. It was Nosferatu from 1922. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was, that was the uh, vulgar sex scene. Yes, and Doomhead actually dresses a little like uh, like Nosferatu. He has the same bit, jacket yeah. on and stuff. So uh, there was definitely some homage going on there. Uh, 31's uh, main characters share the job of Rob Zombie's parents, and this job is a frequent theme of his films and music. I don't know. Carnival workers or carnivals. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, that's where he got started, right? Yeah, his parent, well, his parents were carnival workers, and I guess there was, like, actually a uh, a rather large fight which involved, like, guns and knives oh, <laughs> between the, the people who worked at the carnival. Oh, boy. And uh, they decided that uh, it was time to uh, get Rob Zombie out of that environment, and uh, that's when they quit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh Andy's chainsawed plot. All right. Uh, some carnival workers are brought to some kind of warehouse where some elites use a cavalcade of characters based on the usual Rob Zombie ideas to attack them in a game called 31, which is called 31, I guess, because they play it on Halloween. They do. 1976, by the way. The year of yeah. my birth. Yep. Uh, here's your spoiler alert. spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about 31, director Rob Zombie from 2016. If you have not seen this movie, uh, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we have to say about it. Initial thoughts of 31, Andy. Well, I know you're a huge Rob Zombie fan, which is why you keep picking these movies for us to review. But, uh, you know, this is a crowdfunded movie. Uh, it costs about one and a half million to make. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Made about a hundred, about eighty eight hundred thousand dollars, I should say, uh, on the one point five million that people raised to uh, make this movie. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's. I think I told you that this is my probably my favorite Rob Zombie movie, and I told you that's not saying much. <laughs> but that's like uh, you know my favorite cardio exercise or something like that. It's not something I really enjoy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly more palatable than uh, you know some of his Firefly stuff. I, I didn't really care for that. I think Sherry Moon Zombie is a little less annoying in this than she is as Baby Firefly. Um, 
I don't know. I didn't really get what was going on with the uh, like the elites here, with led by Malcolm McDowell. I thought his whole uh, role in this was kind of wasted. They could have cast anyone in that position. I didn't think he brought much to the movie. Not at, at all. all. He was just kind of a. He was almost like a unintentional narrator. Exactly. You know, and and, and I, I get I get that. I guess they were betting on this, and this is a game that they played. But I didn't really. Uh, that whole part of the story was kind of lost on me. Yeah. As to why they did this or whatever. And again, I, I don't want a massive explanation, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not uh, really clear what was going on half the time here. But uh, you know, uh, basically, it, 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 it seemed to me like Rob Zombie had a checklist of all the stereotypical things he does in every one of his movies. Right. And he just checked them all off. You know, uh, I don't know. It was like uh, Carney's check. Uh, white trash characters check Sherry Moon zombie lead character check uh, laughably <laughs> frequent bad language foul dialogue lots of violence check 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 you know yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was basically he followed his formula here and um, I don't know I I thought it was uh, not terrible it wasn't uh, it was it didn't make me uh, I didn't feel the same way watching this as I, uh, I felt watching three from hell yeah uh, where I was uh very unhappy to be watching it and just wanted it to end. Um, there were some, <laughs> I don't know, you know, there were some, uh, there were some things in this movie that they, they really do show Rob Zombie's talent as a director. Um, and I really, again, I, I, I said this the last time when, when we've, um, when we reviewed three from hell and that's that I'd really like to see him direct something that he didn't write <laughs> and that he had to, you know, put out other people's ideas because it's it's really his tired ideas and tropes and and the things that he just keeps coming back to that really make me kind of turn me off to his movies I guess Mm -hmm. you know it's all I, I know and maybe it's because I've you know I've been a fan of Rob Zombie since the since the mid 90s uh, I, I, I went to White Zombie twice you know right. uh, before they were Rob Zombie I've seen Rob Zombie a couple times uh, after he he changed the name of the band uh, and uh, and got new members and um, uh, and I guess maybe I maybe I have some bias because I was such a big fan of his music that uh, and I really did feel that his directing career kind of wrecked his music because it seemed like everything that came out after House of a Thousand Corpses in, in his, his musical uh, the musical side of things just was very much inferior to what he was coming out with before that um, and uh, so I mean, I'm talking about like you know Hellbilly Deluxe came out before House of a Thousand Corpses that was really the only Rob Zombie album I liked Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe that, and this isn't a music podcast, so I'm not going to go into that. Well, but, and, and that's it. I mean, but maybe that's it. Maybe maybe it's my own personal bias about how I feel he wrecked a band I really liked by doing this <laughs> this stuff. I don't know, but I just don't think uh, you know. There's just too many of his tropes in this, and and uh, like I said, it, it, maybe it's because I know him. I've followed his career so well. I really know the you know hit the themes that he presses on and stuff that. Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Um, and I didn't pick it because of this, but uh, our friends over at Straight Chillin' Podcast actually reviewed this movie a year ago. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you to an extent that Rob Zombie maybe flashes some signals of, of brilliance in, in direct some. Yes. I mean, very, very few. For an right. example, uh, not after the title sequence, but that black and white scene with Richard mm-hmm. Brake as Doomhead mm-hmm. was actually very entertaining. It was. It was good. Um, yeah. You know, he just, he killed, and, and it sucks because, you know, when your antagonist plays, you know, is the star of it, and mm-hmm. you're putting your wife as the, you know, the main protagonist, you know, and then she becomes a badass later in the movie, but it's just like, that didn't feel right. It didn't. It, yeah. it was like, wh- why? Why? Yeah. Why is this? You know, this is not a formula of a movie, or, and especially a horror movie. You're not supposed to like this guy, right? But I find that my, myself liking him, and it's right. ridiculous. I shouldn't, right? Because of what he says and what he does, he kills people with no feeling whatsoever. Oh, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty awful character, but uh, but I liked him. I was just like, yeah. wow, I. 
I don't think that's. I don't relate I don't think to that, you, but yeah, I don't dude. think that's necessarily something. Um, you know, you not not uh, that you never see in horror movies. I mean, I look, I, I kind of like Freddy Krueger. Well, uh, Freddy became <laughs> he became iconic because of the one-liners. Yeah, you know, Doomhead Richard Brake's character. You know, did the the you know everybody in hell loves popcorn. Um, <laughs> you know. This, I think this that, this is like you said. This is a Rob Zombie checklist movie. He checked off every box. Let's let's try to let's try to make you feel as uncomfortable and make fun of people as much as we can, and let's be as vulgar about it as we can. Oh yeah. And you know, to me, I thought some of the gore was actually good. It, it was one of the few movies where I was like, wow, that was that was good. No, I, I agree. I, I think some of the some of the gore and some of the things that he that he did in this movie. We're pretty good, and uh, and yeah, I think Richard Brake, despite like some of the lines that were written for him, mm-hmm. does a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. I think he did, and I, I liked um, uh, Meg Foster in this movie. Uh, she did a good job, I think. I think a lot of the, even Cherry Moon Zombie, for that matter, uh, did okay. With, I disagree. Uh, for, 100%. Well, I, she I, did. I, I she did okay. I mean, she did a better job than uh, on this than any of the uh, movies where she plays Baby Firefly. I think. Oh yeah. Um, but maybe it's that, just because that, it was but a, that's more fitting for her. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to knock her acting ability, but it's just not there. I mean, you get a guy like Richard Brake. Yeah, you know, and, and Meg Foster, she's been in Hollywood for so long. And, you know, I agree. I think if, if somebody wrote Rob Zombie a script and allowed him creative, uh, a creative avenue to create gore, sure. Mm-hmm. But don't let him write any of the lines and don't let him write, you know, the main plot of the movie. No, I, I totally agree. And someone needs to be there to rein him in. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. it just becomes a, uh, you know, it, it is just a, like a uh, like a homage to all the stuff that he liked when he was a kid. He, he is. And he, he can't is, get away from that. He is kissing his own ass. I mean, he, he, he is. He's just sitting there and like, gosh, that was so brilliant. You know, remember back in the day yeah. uh, when I did House of a Thousand Corpses or you remember the homage to myself? Yeah, he actually does. He, and this isn't the first time he's done an homage to himself, is it? <laughs> it's like it's one thing if you're a horror movie fan and you pay homage to every single movie like Nosferatu. That was great. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. it was during a vulgar sex scene, and you're just like, okay, you lost it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and, and it apparently, like you said, this movie takes place in 1976. Yeah, I didn't even get that. I kind of missed the fact that it was supposed to happen in 86 because Rob Zombie's style is always the same. Yeah, all of his movies look like they happen in 1976. Yeah, just know? by what they're wearing. That's what he wears. Like, he looks it, like it, he's right. from the 70s. You know, he does. He looks like he stepped out of the 70s. His movies all look like they came from the 70s because they're all basically, you know, a. a Copycat of like these um, these indie horror movies and black exploitation and stuff like that that he watched when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, let's kick it off. Um, boy, you know it starts off in typical Rob Zombie fashion, where it's nice and grainy. And um, did you see the 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 quote from Franz Kafka? At first, oh, a, a first sign of the beginning of understanding is the wish to die. Yeah, I saw what that. in the world does that mean? I don't know. I didn't I didn't quite get that and I didn't think about it for very long. So I, I don't know what he was trying to say with that. I, I don't either. You know, I said this graininess, but then we get to this really kind of, you think the direction of the movie is actually going to be like, whoa, okay, maybe there's something here to this. Yeah, he put and he switches to black and white. Yeah, he put this in black and white, which I thought was a pretty good directorial <laughs> decision. Although, like, uh, Doomhead in this scene, he, I don't know, he punched himself in the mouth or something. Later on, you find out that he, like... like that's how he fires himself uh, up. Fires himself up. So he's all full of blood. And it looked like his teeth were just, like, really dirty or something. They were, <laughs> though. Scene. I, I know, but, like, it just looked kind of... Um, I, I wasn't understanding that he was... Uh, you know the the red of the blood later on made it clear what was what he had done or whatever and it just i wasn't quite sure what what was what, what i was looking at there but, now that you uh, bring that up though he did rob zombie did that a lot to a lot of the characters like even his wife at the very end like yeah. when she gets punched in the forehead yeah you know her teeth are just covered in blood um jeff daniel phillips the same thing the guy he right. plays roscoe and it's like like every time there was some gore it's like 
it's trying to make it stand out of like, man, I am overly bloody and my teeth have to be stained with blood. Right. And it, but in black and white, this looks like maybe he, I don't know, uh, ate some pudding or something like <laughs> ate that. Charcoal. <laughs> yeah, ate charcoal or something. I don't know. It, it just looked like he had uh, something in his in his teeth, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I, I would have, you know, if, if they would have probably cleaned his mouth out, I think this would have been a less distracting scene. Yeah. Otherwise, I think the uh, the decision to make this black and white was was really good, and I think this was actually a a pretty decent scene. Yeah. Well, here's what I liked about it is that. Um, um, the Doomhead character, he's got a priest, right? Mm-hmm. All bloodied up, tied to a chair. Yeah. And it's like this, uh, it's like a sewer tunnel or something like that. So I, I thought the ambiance, the the aesthetic of it was great. It was, it was. dingy. It was dark. It almost seemed cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Richard Brake approached him like, like, you know, he's like holding himself back of going psycho. But he's like, you know what? Let me bless you with a story. Yeah. And he goes into a, uh, how a cockroach can live without a head for a certain amount of time. Right. But it still just keeps on going. And there was no point to it, but it was effective because the way he delivered it, it was like it was such nonsense. But it was like you went. Wow, that I don't know what you just said, but that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I got the same feeling too. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. There was a lot of substance to his speech or anything. Like no, there that, was nothing. But, but, but it was still an effective scene. And this is another actual trope. Zo- Rob Zombie likes the idea of killing the clergy too. I don't know. I watched like uh, one of his concerts. I remember there's like a five minute long intro into some song of a priest being hung, and uh, we had to watch that before we got to some song. I can't remember what. I, that was actually at the White Zombie concert. I think, but uh, yeah, he, he likes that idea too. And uh, you know, that's that's one of the issues I have with his movies is that uh, you know, usually in horror movies, there's some sort of reason why uh, you know the, the camp counselors are uh, careless and are busy smoking pot and having sex, so that's why they get killed. You yeah, know? <laughs> but these the, the, these people are generally just completely innocent that Rob Zombie kills in these movies. So I don't know what what this priest had done to, to deserve this killing. Yeah. I guess there wasn't anything. Well, these carnival workers didn't either. Who yeah. Were well, it's, it's, there's only one rhyme to reason why he does that. It's just wrong place, wrong time. And I'm sure that's right. the only logic he puts behind it. Yeah. And, and sure, I guess maybe there's, and I, I bet you it all connects to the Sharon Tate murders. Cause that's something that's, he, that he's just obsessed with as well. And it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it is. It's so sickening. I'm, I'm so tired of that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, but, but this, this scene is, is pretty effective. I mean, all in all, he starts out the movie with some promise here and it felt that way. And then we switched Mm to, I kind of looked like the look of the eight millimeter switch. And I guess I read that he actually filmed it on his iPhone and had some editing to make it look like eight millimeter. I heard that where you got kind of introduced to the characters or just out there having a good time dancing. Mm -hmm. Like somebody has got an eight millimeter camera, just, you know, watching them. It, it, you know, it's the title sequence. What is Rob Zombie's obsession with classic rock? You heard it throughout. You heard the mamas and papas, and you heard Dream On, and mm-hmm. oh my god, Dream On. I guess was Sherry Moon Zombies' uh, uh, idea to end the movie that way. I guess, but of course, I don't know. yeah, was. I mean, yeah, he's a musician, so I, I get how he'd be into that kind of stuff. But um, some of this other stuff that he's that he's interested in is uh, and and just continues to come up in his movies gets a little tiresome. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, so th- we get introduced to them. You know, you, you, you just have this. This movie was an hour and 45 minutes, dude. And, mm-hmm. and like, you got introduced to all these characters and then every stereotype you can think of. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I, I really did. I, I thought that Meg Foster, uh, again, I think she did a really good job in this and, and looked, uh, had a really, really interesting look. For She actually looked like she worked at a carnival or something, you know, in this movie. She's a beautiful woman. And they really, um, even for being, I think she's, uh, right now she's, must be, she was born in 1948, I think. So that makes her what? Uh, 60. 72, so, right? Oh, yeah. Is that how old she is? Uh, she has the most piercing blue eyes, by oh, the way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah. Like, Actually, it was interesting about uh, I read somewhere else some other time that uh, some directors make her wear contacts to subdue her eyes because they're so like they're piercing that yeah. uh, that uh, it distracts from the scenes they're shooting or whatever. But um, I've always liked her as a as a 
uh, actress and she's been in uh, I, I like you know the roles in some of these terrible movies that she's actually in the best that, yeah. that you'd like uh, there's a best of the best is <laughs> like this really sad uh, uh, martial arts movie that I love <laughs> it's about this karate tournament in the 80s Eric uh, Roberts is in it she's in that that's one of the things I remember her in um but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, she does a really good job, and she really looks the part here, and she's like shredded too. Yeah, she is. I noticed that. I mean, I she's mean just she like, is in shape. She's ripped. So, and I'd say I don't know when was this made in twenty sixteen. Yeah, four so years was, ago. Yeah, so she was like sixty five when this was made. She's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got like all the stuff like Wolfman Jack. Is does anybody even know who that is anymore? Not I mean, anymore. This is yeah, this is, baby. yeah. This is stuff from his childhood that he's just like stuffs into these movies and see the one thing is, is that even, even if you're a Rob Zombie fan uh, you're not going to get any of it it's just because you really really like Rob Zombie so you're going to enjoy this movie because it's got it hits all every single point that you love about every single Rob Zombie movie mm-hmm. um, and that's problematic um, these guys end up getting caught uh, by just some assailants, so they get taken to this warehouse. They're they're chained up and then get introduced to our uh, what is it, um, Sir Death or something like that, Father. Uh, does uh, Malcolm McDowell's character actually have a name? Yeah, fa- right. Father Murder. That's that. it. Father Murder is what yes. his name is. So he announces, if "You're going to play 31. You have 12 hours to survive. We're going to introduce you to." There are our antagonists are called heads, and they all have just like a certain name to it. So instead of calling them Joe, you know, it's uh, Richard Brake's character's Doomhead. Doomhead. The first person we get introduced to is Sickhead. Sickhead. Yeah, and this is another thing from his music is there's like he has a, a song called Electric Head uh, something or other from. Uh, so. I'm surprised it didn't pop up. So paying homage to that Electric Head Part Two. Yeah, know? that's what I'm talking about. Electric Head. Uh, I think that's a White Zombie song if I remember right but uh, I just I'm like oh this comes straight from uh, zombie so yeah sickhead let's talk about that a little alright here's uh, the the character is is uh, a little fella Mm -hmm. a little Um, person right he is um, uh, a Nazi Uh, he speaks Spanish and obviously he's psycho they call him sickhead yes a little person nazi who speaks spanish that just seems like a uh, rob zombie idea i guess <laughs> i i don't know let's let's put every offensive stereotype into yeah. this well and and you know what what's with the nazi imagery rob i think rob zombie actually likes this i'm, I'm really tired of this um and it's almost like a glorification of it you know? yeah exactly right i mean even though they're the villains there isn't any connection to nazi ideology here you don't have like the disgusting ideology of nazis here you just get the swastika i think uh this uh this uh Sickhead does the salute, and does some other imagery and stuff. Well, and it's it's almost the... being used like Freddy's glove or Jason's mask. Here. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and it, it, I hate how he does this. I mean, he gets this from his idolatry of, of Charles Manson because mm-hmm. Charles Manson was into that kind of imagery. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I find it just gross and tiring. I'm really sick of this Nazi imagery in, in his in his stuff. It took me out of the movie big time. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like. <clears throat> Okay, so there's, I, I get he's psycho. Um, he ends up, you know, chasing these people around. He ends up killing one of the people. Um, I I get why they were separated or whatever, but they could have stuck together. So so it made no sense mm-hmm. of how this character was able to get the best of at least one of these people. Right. Um, and you're right. I, and I'm not brushing over what you just said. No, it, it, it is disgusting. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm just really sick of this kind of stuff in uh, in in zombies art. You know, I it, it uh, and and I know where it comes from. It comes from this Charles Manson stuff that he's obsessed with, and I hate that too. You know, Charles Manson had a swastika in the middle of his head, and uh, you know it, it, it isn't like paired. You can make Nazis the uh, a villain in your story; that's fine, you know. Uh, but make sure they're connected to that ideology, and it isn't just the glorification of their, um, you know, their their imagery. Well, yeah, is, like wearing a name brand, like you're wearing yeah. a name brand of something. Well, that's exactly it, you know. You know, so. yeah, you can watch and. and uh, 
sidetrack a little bit watching Glorious Bastards uh, from sure. from Tarantino. Those are Nazis that, you know, yeah. Because you root for yeah, right. you root for Brad Pitt and, and freaking Eli Roth to kill these people right. because that, of what they instance, were. Exactly. In that instance, I don't really have a problem with it because it's not glorifying that. No, they're, not at all. They're the enemies. They're connected with that ideology. It isn't just this, uh, like... Uh, fascination with the imagery you know? and and again this is where the the you know it ties in with halloween because it's a costume but right. it's it's making it, it it's almost making fun of it and it's not funny no it's not funny and then it, uh, somehow he ends up with like a creepy rabbit head on too yeah did you, oh my <laughs> gosh that? You're like what I was like, uh, creepy rabbits were done a lot better than Donnie Darko. I don't know what was Night of the Lepus made rabbits <laughs> scarier. I'd I'd argue, but uh, so I don't know what that was. What was going on there? They call him a Chihuahua at one point, which I found offensive. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like if you listen to the things he says in Spanish, they're like really gross and offensive stuff you would expect to hear in a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, and so. then Sherry Moon has a conversation with him, a slight conversation with him in Spanish, as like they're attacking him. Mm-hmm. So they get the one of the guys gets killed, uh, Levon. Yeah. Um, he dies. They ended up getting sickhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they move on to oh the I made a note over dramatic crying that they were like just. I went what, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, they go to <laughs> they go to another room and it's like a dining setting. Mm-hmm. And here's a, here's what Rob Zombie loves to use is slow mo shots done, and then he puts you know he does that stop and it's like a picture and then it goes to the next scene so it comes at you and then goes in the next scene yeah which I think is used a lot in uh, like the exploitation movies in the seventies and I'm pretty sure that also came from uh, original Chainsaw Massacre I think they used some of that in there I think you're um, right so yeah and. Okay, so initially, as I'm watching this, I actually thought this was a pretty good scene where you they're the eating. Di- yeah, dinner scene was the dinner scene was. I, I was like, whoa, you know, that's uh, that's actually kind of creepy. But I guess he ripped this idea off from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that's exactly what happened. Basically, <laughs> they go in there. There's like a nice meal set up, and okay, so there's no. There's no continuity here, so it, Levon just died. They're they're struggling through it. it. Did it take them eight hours to get to this next room? Yeah, that's a good question because this food is cooked. And, it's you know, cooked, it's and like, he's right. in there. And okay, that's right. the big reveal because we already did spoiler. Yeah, Levon. They they sit down and eat a meal. They're eating Levon. Yeah. So well, they, and they, and they say, you know, hey, we're, we're going to be in this for another. There's another. I don't know what they say. How many hours left at this point? Yeah. Whatever, we need like, to keep our strength up. Yeah, we need to. So six, nine hours. Whatever. Yeah. I think something like that. And uh, they're like, we need to keep our strength up and uh, you might as well just sit down and eat. So they all start eating. And then um, who is it that comes up and pulls the uh, tablecloth away? Charlie. So Sherry Moon Zombies. Character. Oh, OK. She, she, she goes, hold on. Stop eating. Yeah. Boom! There he is. He's like he's got his ribs cut. Right. He's like the meat, like like it looks like steaks and ribs and stuff like that. But right. it's actually Levon. So a cook yeah. was able to grab the body, prepare it, get it on the grill, bring it over to there, and get it all set up within right a minute and a half. So, exactly. So so and and I did think when she pulled that tablecloth away, it was a good scene. But apparently, again, it's ripped off from Rocky Horror Picture Show, so it's not like uh, not like anything that he thought up. But, uh, <laughs> But I, I, did, I actually was like, whoa, I, I was um, kind of impressed by that scene, I guess. No, that's all right. Uh, so we get to the next heads. Here we go. Schizo head and psycho head. Rob Zombie paying homage to himself because their mask or their paint are look like Captain Spaulding right. and Otis from mm-hmm. House of a Thousand Corpses, Three from Hell, and and Devil's Rejects. That's right. <laughs> and they've got chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know... <laughs> Like Leatherface, <laughs> I, I love uh, using chainsaws in, in movies. You actually hurt yourself a lot worse, I think. That it, like even uh, even the guy who played Leatherface hurt himself using yes. <laughs> using a chainsaw. <laughs> so it's not the greatest weapon, but um, well, and here you go, and and it's like. But make, I do. You know what I? You know what I do like is chainsaw fights. As as stupid and unrealistic as those are, when there's a chainsaw fight in a movie, I I you know. Let me refer like, you back to Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre 2. 2, right. And Motel Hell <laughs> yeah. and, and other mo- 
movies like that 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 had chainsaw fights. I, I I know they're stupid. I know that can't happen, but I like to suspend my disbelief, and I kind of enjoy them. So I did enjoy that too. Well, and we get that later. I mean, they basically mm-hmm. go to this room that's set up like a circus. Hey, go figure on that. Yeah. Um, they they hear cr- muffled crying, and it happens to be a woman that had been tortured with a sex doll, a deflated sex doll, on top of her. Yeah, uh, and they pull back, and then well, that's the, the priest's wife. That's uh-huh. the wife, the priest. Oh, that's stuff. right. That's right. The priest asks Doomhead in the beginning what they've done with his wife. And Doomhead says, uh, well, some of the guys have taken a shine to her or something like that. And she's going to be around a while. Well, this is where she's ended up. That's right. And then I guess it was it was a trap because she said that she knew she knew a way out. Um, so the two schizo and psycho end up showing up. Uh, there, there's they get separated like the the group gets separated by by a, a cage. Yeah. So one of them slices the woman in half, and then there's there, here's your chainsaw fight with like yeah. crowbars and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, this panda guy decapitates Schizo Head with the chainsaw. And I actually thought that was a pretty good decapitation. It was good because it had gore and it had mm-hmm. enough blood to work what you'd like to see it for a decapitation, but. The thing that ruined it for me was that he, I think it was schizo. Mm-hmm. He pleaded for his life. Yeah, that's true. He's yeah, just like, no. oh, please, I'm just like you. They have control of me. Yeah. And then it just lost all of its mystique. It's just not these people <laughs> that come in for psycho, except for Doomhead. Doomhead was right. like, I'm good at what I do. And, that's and true, his yeah. character says, like, I, I'm just like you. They have control and I have to do the. And you're like, what? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That kind of detracted from it a little bit. Um, but uh, now I, I, I did enjoy the chainsaw decapitation. I thought it was pretty good. Well, that, and you got that out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Roscoe so that, gets hurt pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then isn't it doesn't uh, who's the one that says uh, grow up hair you big baby that that was a real profound uh, piece oh, yeah. of dialogue. So, <laughs> I think Sherry tells him that when when he's complaining about it. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> Uh, then so. we get to sex and death head. So yeah, exactly. Sex head is, What's with the German stuff too? These, I don't know. These I mean, are like, yeah, I don't know how much time Rob Zombie spent in Germany, but uh, I don't know if this is like an homage to German porno or what. Or what this is. Here, I have no but, idea. Uh, yeah, you know, sex head's a little blonde. She's a tiny little thing, and then you got this really tall death head. Is like this tall German dude wearing yeah, a tutu singing a song together. And I guess if Rob Zombie wrote the lyrics to this song, they're singing. I can see why he maybe doesn't write music anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So Deathhead, uh, the three uh, Panda, um, what's her name? Venus and Charlie decide to like double up on this guy. Roscoe's left, you know, sitting there bleeding to death. He puts up with a lot, man. He gets stabbed and mm-hmm. chainsawed, and man, he 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 goes out like a man. I think. Yeah. Um, right. Um, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Uh, I don't know if Rob Zombie doesn't like him or what, but his character always just takes it in these movies i know he does every every movie he's in that like rob zombie just beats the hell out of him and oh, then yeah. kills him in terrible ways i don't know if he doesn't like him or, or what but uh man he just really uh really puts the screws to jeff daniel phillips in these movies yeah because sex had you know what i actually like, like jeff daniel phillips i think he's a good actor i i, I do like seeing him i just wish he had uh, other material to work with than <laughs> rob zombies uh, and, and you again know, you know maybe it was being outshined by by richard Brake, but i mean they yeah he had zero to work with no i really did you know his character development was like a very you know he's a very arrogant just kind of almost seemed like a you know, like a playboy that, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, I can get whatever women. No, it's just like he was, uh, what was he, the, the uh, warden in uh, Three from Hell. He was yeah. kind of the same. He's, they're always the same characters. Yeah. They always behave the same way. It's just, just different name. It's just a different name, yeah. Um, so they end up, uh, uh, Panda gets killed by Deathhead because he's yeah. got this actually pretty killer looking bat with the spikes through it. Yeah. The- um, Sherry takes. Um, What's his name? Or it takes a sex head, puts the knife against her throat as Venus kill death head, like pound bash his brains in, which mm-hmm. actually looked really good. It did. Actually, and then yeah. Sherry just c- cuts sex heads throat mm-hmm. and then they're done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where they're watching because they don't show any TVs or like cameras or anything like that, where the, the people that are betting no, on don't. this. And where would they be watching in the 70s? I, I have no idea. They're just <laughs> they're like, guessing because. 
immediately it cuts to Malcolm McDowell and it's like, well, let's call Doomhead. Yeah. And I don't even think about that because this is 1976. There aren't like tiny uh, CCD uh, cameras. Or I, I wouldn't. Like I don't think so. CCTV cameras. They, they didn't come out like to late 70s, early 80s, maybe. Yeah, in the 80s, I think, is when you got those uh, smaller security cameras. I don't know. Yeah, that that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, um, so they call. Yes, yeah, so they call Doomhead. And he's uh, he's having his way with a girl. Exactly. And the dialogue in this scene is so terrible. <laughs> It is it is so awful that it has to be an homage, right? This has to be like the exact word for word uh, dialogue from some exploitation movie in the 70s. Because what else explains how bad this dialogue is? And then we can't repeat it here on Horror No, we won't. Because, because you, know, you might be. I, I don't know. You might be listening to this in your car or something. We aren't gonna. We aren't gonna repeat this stuff. But it is terrible dialogue in that it's in that it's not only is it like vulgar and offensive, but it's just not clever, and and it's not. Uh, it's we've we've said it before uh, on a couple of movies that we reviewed for uh, Rob Zombie that that it's almost like he's a. 15 year old kid that discovered all these words and saying it to his friends on yeah. the on the playground or, or at at lunch you know yes. in the quad <laughs> that's that's what I got out of that I mean it, it is it's like vulgar for the sake of being vulgar there's nothing clever about this dialogue nope. and it's uh, it, it's just kind of offensive and and bad so I, I'm not sure if like zombie wrote this and thinks it's cool or if this is like word for word something that I haven't seen and and uh, and I'd be like oh well that's just like when uh, you know so and so talked to so and so in that movie from 1973 mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know and, um, and again I'm going to mention this is that like with this dialogue it's like you cut some of that out it would have made it a tighter movie and maybe a little more enjoyable, but there was yeah, just definitely. some of this pointless BS that it was like, why, man? Right, exactly. You're just you're you're extending you're you're extending your ego because you're trying to make this long and say, look how cool I am by seeing these yeah. things. So Doomhead gets there, right? Well, Doomhead, like first of all, he has a, a like a scene where he puts on some make he gets himself ready or whatever, and he puts on that cracky clown makeup from like the '90s that yeah. was scary and like I don't know, Marilyn Manson type uh, crackiness. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I got, maybe it's even later than that. That's it's it's more like um, Heath Ledger in the in the Batman. That's movie, what you know? it looked like to me. It's kind of what I think he was trying to go for there, or whatever. But it's been done so much that uh, that wasn't even all that great. But um, yeah, he did that. He's wearing a suit, and then he punches yeah, himself so in the face. He, yeah, he he was wearing the suit that uh, the Nosferatu like jacket. Yeah, yeah, and he punches himself in the face. You're right, like a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So he's walking around. And he gets. Um, Venus. He kept saying, "He kept saying, I'm not crazy." It just reminded me of that suicidal tendency I'm in, song. I'm in control. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He kept saying that. It reminded me of that suicidal tendency song. <laughs> I just wanted to go, Mama, or I just, just wanted, wanted a Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> but that's uh, funny. So he yeah. kills. He finds Venus, kills her. He he crucifies her. Okay, and here's mm-hmm. another religious allegory thing. Yeah. Of like, you know, he, what, are you, what are you saying, Rob? He Zombie? has the profound line: "Murder school is now in session." Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells some jokes, too, which I thought were really bad. Yeah. Um, but he sees uh, Roscoe, he sees Charlie, and it's almost like, um, you know, the, the, the prey and the predator yeah. or the predator saying, okay, you got a head start. Go ahead. Why would he do that? Yeah. And, and it's know. just like, well, he's that good. He's going to be able to get you. So yeah. he lets them go. Um I gotta, I gotta say before before we move on to that, Venus does get crucified. Yeah. But before that, and that's Meg Foster's character, Venus. There's this shot of her where she's got that mace thing with the that you're just talking about that she got from the oh, the bat like the thing. bat yeah. thing with the spikes in it and stuff, and she's looking for Doomhead, and there is some real genius to this directorial work. Uh, there's, there's he like. The lighting is green when she's looking through this, and this is a great scene. Like, if I just saw this scene, I, um, 
you know, if I took a clip here and pulled it out of this movie and just saw the scene, I'd really think this was a, a movie I would want to watch, you know, because this is a, there's some good um, just the way he framed the shots and, you know, Meg F- Foster in this scene is, is really good along with the weapon that she's carrying. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he does some like silhouetting and stuff like that. And it's really cool. And I, I, again, he did a really nice job on, on this part of it. Um, so for what that's worth, uh, she does end up getting uh, crucified, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't pick up on it. I mean, it's just like by this time, I'm like, come on, let's let's wrap this up. Um, right. So Roscoe and Charlie run. They find this um, like shoot. So they open it up. Um, Roscoe sacri- sacrifices himself for Charlie. So she she goes down to get out. Um, my favorite line of the movie is Richard Brake finds him and he's like this. I thought the shot of silhouette as he's like ripping his shirt off, getting yes. ready to kill him. That was a good shot. That was a good shot. Um, but then uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips goes, are you going to F me or are you going to kill me? <laughs> right. Because he's taking his clothes off. Yeah. So so he basically uh, Doomhead kills him. Uh, he holds on to him one last breath and he kicks him away. And then you see Sherry Moon Zombie. She gets out of this, out of into this like sewer. She sees daylight. She finds this house, you know, in the middle of nowhere. She goes in there, and there's like marionettes, automatic, like like yeah, it's like a carnival. Uh, I don't know, a miniature carnival. Yeah, set it's up? like those marionette like puppet things. One of those and Christmas they're, they're villages anima- that animated, you know, my great aunt had, but but it's a carnival. Yeah, and it's they're animated. <laughs> yeah, they're animatronic. animatronic. You're right. So yeah. so that's going on. I don't know what the hell? Doomhead rears here. back and punches her straight in the forehead. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into this this monologue, and then you're like, okay, I just lost all interest in this because he talks yeah. about some poet. You know, he probably would have smoked a pipe, but you need to. Revel in your in your um, victory, and, uh, and he's smoking a cigar, right? And he's getting ready to kill her with the switchblades, and then an alarm goes off, right? So game over. Charlie survives. You know, uh, Doomhead pouts like a little kid and slams the door behind him, so he just leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then it, there's a cut scene of these people wearing the powdered wigs that were betting on this. They go back to normal. They put on their regular clothes. And then the final shot of the movie is Sherry Moon Zombie walking down a dirt road. She's bloodied up. She's disoriented. And there's a van. It's Doomhead. Doomhead mm-hmm. comes out. They get face to face. They're probably four feet apart. She clenches her fist. Doomhead pulls out switchblades. Ambiguous ending. Cut to the yeah. cut to black. Yep. Wow. Oh, 46 minutes, man. I can't believe it. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> Did we miss anything? No. All right. No, we didn't miss anything. We probably talked about this more than we need to. I think we did. Um, so, Andy, uh, good, bad, classic, and what are you going to rate? 31. Right. So, again, there are some elements of this movie that are pretty good. You know, I mean, Rob Zombie does some, has some talent in directing. Uh, it's just his own tropes and, you know, his, these things, the imagery that he's stuck on and the dialogue that he writes uh, really ruin it, you know? So, I, again, I'd love to see him take somebody else's work and, and direct it. Uh, I just, I don't know that he he would do that though he's so you know into his own thing and i think he only likes to do the guy is worth about 50 million dollars he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do right uh and but i I really i really see some talent in some of his work and some of his shots he, he really does a good job and i i think that there are you know if he got the right script he could really pull something off that would be a great movie uh this isn't it no um, this is a bad movie, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know what I gave three from hell and whatever else we've, we've, um, uh, reviewed of zombies, but, um, I'd give this two stars. I mean, there are some, it's watchable. I, I actually found this to be watchable. Uh, I didn't hate watching it. Uh, I rolled my eyes in a couple scenes just because, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's all the stuff that you expect to see in a zombie film. Right. Uh, but I didn't hate it. 
I, I feel like if I have if if I'm going to be forced to watch a Rob Zombie film, and I haven't seen Lords of Salem, I think you saw that one. So I did. I don't know what that one's like, but. Uh, this, this isn't the worst Rob Zombie film. This is probably right now my favorite Rob Zombie film, having not seen Lords of Salem. And I don't know fair. what that one's like. Um, uh, I'm but, on, uh, you know, that's, uh, like I said, my favorite Rob Zombie film is like saying my favorite, I don't know, uh, uh, torture or something. <laughs> so it's not, that's hyperbole, but. Um, <laughs> so I, two stars. I, I've got two sides to this. Um, I do appreciate that there were, there's some decent things in there. I do appreciate that he did something different. He didn't have to carry on this this whole other story. Right. I really dislike the fact that it got crowdfunded and he came out with this. Yeah. I mean that that to me is irritating. <laughs> I would I would be so disappointed if I helped with this movie. And this is what you're giving me. Um it takes me everything that he does is tribute to himself because he likes himself. Good, good. I'm glad you do. Um, you're right. There were some shots in there, some good gore, but you're so taken out of it by everything that he does. Like he, he's vulgar for being no other reason to be vulgar. And it's, and it's not like clever vulgarity. No. Like you can be vulgar for vulgar sake and it can be like, so I would say that some of the original uh, Chainsaw Massacre, those guys are gross and vulgar, but it's, it's like cleverly done. And it's you, subtle. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it, but you're like, whoa, I don't, yeah, I it's feel dirty. Yeah. I feel dirty, but it's not like eye rollingly dirty. You know, no. it's, it's, it's an actual genuine uh, grossness that the, the family and the Sawyer family in the first one gives you. And the, he doesn't do that he doesn't pull it off yeah um yeah i think we covered it I, this is a really bad movie um i'm giving it a half star but <laughs> oh. because because it, it was different and i can't rip them for trying to be creative but man this is if you're a rob zombie fan uh, or a rob zombie fan movie or of his movies you're gonna enjoy it you, you'll, yeah, absolutely you'll, get, you'll, you'll get a it's, lot of enjoyment it out checks, of it. it's check if you yeah. like rob zombie movies it checks off all the boxes you, you will love this see. movie i did not like this movie at all so half star from me okay oh all right well hopefully we can cleanse our palate with the anthology next week tales from Hall or tales of halloween will uh, october 23rd continue shocktober ginger snaps it's actually a, a werewolf movie but set oh, cool. during halloween okay uh and we're going to wrap up the month with vhs which i'm really looking forward to but I love that's VHS. a that's Great an movie. also an anthology yep really there's only one like one segment in there that's a that's a halloween segment that's but i true. but yeah. i think We'll have a good conversation about the whole thing. So nah, uh, appreciate you guys listening to the Horror Foria podcast episode number 80. Don't forget to go follow us on all of our social medias. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us. We want to get more people to listen to it. And you can get this podcast anywhere you're listening to the or you get your podcast. And we certainly do appreciate it. Everybody have a great weekend and we will talk to you next week.